Hey Zen friends, welcome to Crazy Zen Life. I'm your host, Brittany Swan. And I'm your host, Shannon Kessler. Join us as we navigate life on and off our yoga mats. This is a podcast about mom life, boss life, and body life. Real conversations about self-discovery and the journey of becoming more mindful in this crazy Zen life. Woohoo! Yes, second podcast of the year. Welcome back, Zen friends. Once again, this is Crazy Zen Life. I'm Brittany Swan. I'm Shannon Kessler, and you are listening to the social catch-up. This is where we talk about all the fun things and not so fun things that have been in the headlines this week in the pop cultures. It's just our personal take on on the, the headlines that mean a lot to us and have got us talking um, even offline. So now that we're online, Shay, how's your week been? What's been going on in your world? Let's do a little catch up on your side. Well, the week has been interesting. I'll say that. Uh, it's been kind of a short week for me. I was out of town uh, last week. I went to Indianapolis and got to experience the college football playoff championship game. And it was a great time. I'm not a fan of either team, but I was a Georgia fan this past weekend because I'm tired of seeing Alabama win. So I was very happy when Georgia came away with the victory, but it was a a super fun weekend, met some fun people, had a great experience. I just think Indianapolis does events so incredibly well. It's um, it's one of those cities where everything happens like in the center where, I mean, I've been to other championship title games before, like in uh, Tampa and in um, Phoenix, and you have to travel pretty far to get there. It's like a 30 to 40 minute ride just to get like from where all the action is happening at your hotel um, out to the actual stadium. So I love that in Indy, you can just walk out your door and there's the party. And then you walk four blocks and there's the game. And I was like, gosh, they just do it so well. And even though it's a cold, you know, it's Midwest in the January, they do an amazing job of making sure you don't feel cold, you know, while you're there. So there's always just something to look at or something to do. There's heaters on the streets. There's, you know, just, they just keep you moving fast enough that you don't really notice how cold it is. I will tell you, I did notice how cold it was one night when we were walking home. And I told my husband specifically, I was like, we cannot miss the shuttle back to the hotel tonight because I'm not wearing shoes that support my journey four blocks home. And he's like, got it. But you know, we were enjoying 21 pilots outside. It was freezing and we missed the shuttle home. And I was pretty bitter. I didn't speak about my bitterness on the way home because I was too cold to bitch. <laughs> but when we got home, I was like, like worried yeah. about your pinky toe. I know I, everyone's been there. I don't know. Those shoes are dead to me now. I'm like, I don't want to, cause I told him, I was like, these aren't walking shoes. So like they're the best option I have for the outfit I got going on here is I'm going to wear them, but they're not walking shoes, but I had to walk home in them and I was pretty, pretty bitter about that. But other than that, it's They're been good. Watching. I've had one kid who has been a little under the weather. Um, she actually just tested negative today for COVID. So I was very relieved about that, but she's just been under the weather all week. So it's never fun to have a sick kid, but thankfully she's, um, you know, she's pretty self-sufficient when she, like, she's not one that needs like extra attention. She's kind of like, likes to be on her own when she doesn't feel well, which I think, you know, her well. Exactly. I was like, this is my kid, man. <laughs> She's like, or you just neglected her enough while you're sick. Like, listen, here's some crackers, here's some juice. Hope for the best. Exactly. Either <laughs> way, with, we're when both winning. Yeah. <laughs> Can't help you. Can't help, Can't, help you. Can't help you there. Yeah. What about you? That's What's been going great. on in your world? Well, I want to speak to the coldness because this is really funny. I was talking with some of my friends down here and I was talking about like cold, like, you know, sometimes you're just so cold, like in down here is different cold. Like it's not cold. You know, it's, there's a cold front 
a cold, I'm using air quotes. There's a cold front moving in and it's going to be like sixties. So I also, I was like, no, a cold, cold is like when you go outside and you come back in and your hands hurt so bad that they're like tingling. And it's like, or you've been outside and you get in the shower and the water hurts. Yes. I was like, Hey, you, that, that's the cold that you don't understand the cold. They're like, and they were like amazed. They're like, what the fuck is Do this? None cold? of your friends have ever been in cold weather or are they just completely oblivious to life? Well, these are like two that have been, they've been down here. They, they live down here. Like their kids have never even seen snow. One okay. uh, lives up North, but like, I was like, oh my God, like, it's like so cold. They're like, I've right. never experienced that kind of cold. I was like, you need <laughs> to feel like that that when you were like eight going outside and you, your gloves were all gross and wet when the, from the snow and you come inside and they're like red and you're like, yeah. damn, I might lose my arms. <laughs> <laughs> you have to like have that question in your head. Like my mom's gonna be so mad at me if I lose a finger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, this week um, has been interesting on, on my side. Uh, I did not go anywhere, but, um, but my bed, because I got really sick. I had a stomach flu. Um, not that anyone should know this, but I, if there's a stomach flu and a 50 mile radius, I will get it. Like it is a hundred percent. I don't, it does not waste time. It follows, it finds me. It's like, <laughs> I don't understand it. I will always have a GI issue. So I had that, um, it, and it hits you like a ton of break. I never expected. I thought it was like some supplements I was taking and my stomach was kind of upset because you know, that kind of stuff checks out. And then lo and behold, it hits and I was down for the count, like straight up, could not move out of my bed for a solid 24. And I'm not still like a hundred percent. It's still kind of wonky, but I'm pushing forward, pushing, pushing forward, but the kids are good. So well, good. Well, I'm glad that you're on the mend and no more stomach issues. I think you're, we can check your stomach bug of the season. out. Yeah. I like to get it out of the way. Luckily it's one that was like, okay, it was pretty easy of the ones I've been through. Uh, I've been through some hellish ones, but this one, it just never shocks me. I'm like, oh, again, but it's one season. So let's, let's right. do it. Let's get it. Let's get it going. And it had a lot of stuff going out around down here as well as the world. So, um, I'm just happy that I'm up and moving and can taste and smell and perform life because that's not the case for a lot of other friends out here down here. So sure. I'm just happy to be reporting on all the things that I've been uh, scrolling on. Well, fantastic. Well, what's, uh, what's been catching your eye this week, right? Okay. So one little deep dive that I did earlier today, because I thought this story was very interesting. If you guys can recall back in October, I think October 14th or 16th, we reported that Megan King married Cuff Biden. And as you remember, Cuff is a Biden, like presidential president Biden's nephew. So this was a very fast win courtship. Like they were six weeks in eight weeks, maybe. And they decided to get married. It was very quick. And she was like, when, you know, you know, I mean, this was her dress was featured and people, I mean, they had this whole spread, everything. I mean, all, all stopped her pulled. So this is really weird. Like a couple months in. She starts posting actually one month in. she starts posting about like, Hey, can someone, can people give us some marriage advice, all this kind of stuff. And it started like tweaking people's interests. Like, man, you're only one month in you're asking for marriage advice, but you know, whatever, maybe it's just a, it's on Instagram and you know, you're kind of generating some comments. Then she stops posting anything with her husband in it. And so then right, a lot, yeah, like anything like stories. Cause he was kind of filtering in and out, like through Halloween and some weekends and they went to sea world, but then all of a sudden it was like crickets. And then she puts out a Instagram story that says, 
a lot of people have been asking me about the relation, my relationship status. Um, I am, she didn't say the word divorce, but she's like, I, as you know, I'm beyond devastated. This is not what I had planned. This is something that I did not see coming. I would have never, this is not something I would have wished for in a million years. Cause she has three young kids. I think there's, so she has a five-year-old and two twin three-year-olds. So very, very young. Okay. Um, and I think that this was something that she really, really wanted. I think, I mean, when we reported on it, it seemed like she was in love and this is, this is everything. So fast forward the, she's very quiet about everything that went on. So people magazine reports that they think it's distance because cuff has a, um, law business, or I guess a law office, practices law in California. Real quick. What is, what does she do? I don't know if she does anything. Okay. Like, okay. I think she's I just, just know if she's is she the famous one of the two. Or? I would, I would say yes. I mean, she used to be a real housewife member at, on the OC, but she has since. Okay. Moved so she has a reality TV background. That's kind of how yeah. you would know her. Okay. That's the only reason we would know who Megan King is. Yes. But I find this very interesting because she's kind of gone along this like realness, messiness journey. She puts herself out there with like makeup and no makeup, hair done, no hair done, messy house, clean house. So she kind of just gives you everything. I really appreciate her for what she is, but honestly, like I would never want her to come after me because man, she's, she's ruthless. Um, If you remember, she was the one that exposed Vicki Gunvalson's um, boyfriend at the time who he said he had cancer. She's the one that exposed him and said, you don't have cancer. Cause she like dug up all this information and found out he was lying. That's what she's most known for. Uh, okay. Okay. I digress anyways. So now four weeks later after this, you know, she's put this out and says like, Hey, I am beyond devastated, but she's not, she's not saying why. Okay. And people magazine reports that this is like it's space, it's distance. He's in California. She's in Missouri. It's too much space because she's not willing to move her kids. Okay. So today on another podcast, I was listening to that reports on all kinds of things. Megan slides into this podcaster's DMS and says, Hey, I caught your TikTok slash reel about my deep dive. I'm not willing to report whether it's true or false, but let me just say, I too am shocked by the split. So okay, get into what you may, but I think Cuff just was like, I'm peace out. Like, I think he thought maybe it was something he could do, but just if you read through the tea leaves, like, she's just like, I'm not going to, cause she gives her the opportunity. She's like, why don't you clear the record? And she's like, I'm never, I'm not coming on your podcast. I haven't listened to your deep dive, but all I'm going to say is like, I'm shocked too. So it seems like he just dipped in my, in my mind. I think it's just a dip. Whether you guys care or not, I thought that was very interesting. Because so have, did they file for divorce or did they like? No, they're it, full on divorce. They're full on divorce. Okay. As the reports state today, they okay. are full on divorced. I think it was because it was only eight weeks old. Wow. Crazy, huh? Interesting. Just saying. I think he just up and left. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not doing. I'm not like, doing. I, this. I'm out. I can't it's do too this crazy. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what, bro, you go find someone else. It's fine. Like right. everyone makes mistakes. I think, you know, it, you tried the online dating. <laughs> Why don't you just go to Trader Joe's? Find a good man at Trader Joe's. <laughs> TJ's always works out. That's what I would do. I think, I think Trader Joe's should start their own dating app. Tell me I'm not wrong. How cool would that be? Like, hey, are you single and are you by the chicken? Like, I, I feel like that would be something great. Like, I like quiche. I like the... the Listen, if you can give me a good tip on how to pick out the right avocado, I might give you my phone number. 
if I was in the market to be giving out my phone number, I'm not, but no, I'm like all about the cantaloupe. Like, Hey, I'm like, is it hollow? Is it not hollow? I'm sitting there listening like a door. Do I smell? Is this the one I smell or is this the one I thump? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know. You're well, like, you know, you're... if anyone at Trader Joe's is listening, you guys, this might be an opportunity to hook Just some people up. Write this, me my royalty yeah. check and you can have it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I, I come up with stuff all the time. But that's a, that's a gold mine because you can't yeah. do it at Whole Foods. You cannot have a dating app at Whole Foods. No. People too bouge, but Trader Joe's, you're going in real, you're going in raw and everyone's happy. It's true. Everyone's happy at Trader Joe's. It's like, Every, it's a, almost like, like Disney it. world where they're like, they have a pulse on you. Like if you're, if you don't have a smile, they're like, somebody is coming down that aisle to be like, Hey, you need a sticker or can help you find something. Yeah. Have you tried this? I just had this recipe the other day. And I mean, I swear to God, I find more recipes in the Trader Joe's lines than I right. do any place else because like, so oh, tell me. That would be great. So be great. it's it's the places that are giving you the wrecks on the casserole that are going to hook you up. Right. It's a grocery store grandma. You know what I did? It's a recipe for love. <gasps> Guys, welcome. we've got something. Trader <laughs> Joe's at us. It. Like, come on. <laughs> never, I've never been so excited for a fictitious business in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the things we come up with on this show. I know, I know. You're welcome. Okay. So we're going to move on to a not so happy topic, um, unless you've been living under a rock this week. Um, so Bob Saget, RIP, Bob Saget did pass away earlier this week on January 9th in Orlando, Florida, following a stand-up comedy show. This was his first one back on tour too. This is his first comedy show. I know. And he had gone on several like publicity tours, like, you know, promoting this huge tour. It was a big thing to him. Um, he was really related back to a lot of COVID, but a lot of positivity. He had like a really good message, um, from what I was hearing about the comedy special that he hopefully a little bit of like the snippets from the, his last comedy show would be released, but I just want to make that known. Um, and after the police responded to the family's request to go into the room and not hearing from Saget for over several, several hours, um, he was pronounced dead on the scene and foul play and drugs do not seem to be a factor in the death. So, yeah. So the cause of death is still under investigation, but they did, um, they have a toxicology report and nothing is coming back as of right now that looks suspicious. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Bob is survived by, by his wife, Kelly Rizzo and three daughters. I did a little bit of searching on Kelly's, um, uh, Instagram. She hasn't really posted much. She still, I didn't, I didn't know who she was, to be honest. I didn't, yeah. I, I never followed her, but just by looking at her, what she put on Instagram, they seem very much in love. They seem very happy. Um, perfect match by my, cause they very doting couple. Um, and I also wanted to mention that I went into what Jody Sweden had said about Bob Saget. I'm going to link it in our show notes. It's beautiful. Um, as you know, Jody Sweden had a um, addiction problem and just Bob Saget was really there for her through a lot of that. And she paid a beautiful tribute to Bob and as well as uh, the rest of the cast of the full house. So he's definitely an actor who seemed just to be beloved by everyone. I don't feel like I've read anything where people are like, he did me dirty or, you know, there doesn't seem to be any, um, just ill will towards him. It just seems like everybody talks about how kind he is. Now I do know that he always had a very, um, like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type personality. I mean, he played, you know, uh, Danny Tanner, which was a very wholesome 
father figure on this show for years uh, on full house for years, but in, you know, a lot of his standup was very vulgar. So it was like, he had this dual personality of like, I come to work and I am Danny Tanner and it's, I have to run away from him when I get off, you know, and go on stage because his acts don't have anything to do with the wholesomeness, you know, that is portrayed. So I think for a long time, he had to figure out like how to balance that. And I remember the first time hearing some of his standup and it, I mean, he comes at it pretty hard with a lot of stuff. And I was like, it took me a minute. because I was like, it's just not how I like, it's not how I was introduced to him. So it was really hard for me to find that like, okay, yes, he's just an actor playing this on TV versus this is who he is in a standup world. Um, I mean, but he's very funny, very, very funny guy. Mm-hmm. And again, just seemed to be, you know, somebody that was well-spoken of within, um, you know, the acting community. That's what also, I, I, I agree with you. I found that there were just so many people that gave like, they were in utter shock, but like they were all affected by him in some way, like Chelsea Handler, um, Amy Schumer, John Mayer, Jimmy Kimmel, like they're the tributes that are going out and they're emotional tributes. They're, they're raw. They're real. It's, it's like, you didn't know like the, the links and the legs that he had on him, but I guess when you're in the public eye for so long and you've been doing like so many different things and you're just kind of like a, a jack of all trades, um, to say, I mean, he was on America's Funniest Home Videos. I thought his little quick wit on the America's Funniest Home Videos was like, even though it was wholesome, sometimes it's kind of like underground yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that like adult humor. I mean, it was cute. It was cute. It was kitschy. It was fun. Um, so he will definitely be missed. I, it's still, I hope that when everything does come out, I mean, whether we have a right to know or anything, I hope there was, everything is. Yeah. I hope that he went as peacefully as our yes. friend Betty White did. Yes. Good way to put it. That's yeah. Um, I do want to, I did find something I didn't know um, this about Bob, but sure. he was really passionate about raising awareness for this. And I don't know, I'm going to probably just butcher this, but it's celloderma, celloderma disease, which his sister died of in the late nineties and everything that came up when I was kind of just getting information about Bob Saget, this came up. So that's, it's unfortunate we didn't know more about this disease that he was very passionate about. And obviously people are donating a lot to it, but, um, does it, did you learn like what it is, like what, what it affects? Uh, No, I did not. I I just, I just saw like all the tributes going to like this particular foundation. I was like, oh, well, I didn't know that this, I wish he would have spoke more about maybe we, I mean, obviously he did, but we just didn't listen. Well, yeah, unfortunate, but well now, I mean, now I'm going to be very curious to know what that is. And I will Google that once. I did not Google it. I didn't go deeper. Cause I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm just writing down. So yeah. <laughs> I care, but not enough. See, that's just, yeah. that's, that's usually the thing. Um, but yeah, well, well RIP we're, we're gonna, we're gonna miss Bob Saget. And that's a, that's a 2022 loss that we were, we were not ready for. I know 2022, man, you're going to slow down. You can't take grandma and dad at the same time. That's not okay. Can't not do that. okay can't do that. I'm like those heartfelt talks. I felt like that was my dad. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. The disappointment. Like when Danny Tanner was disappointed in DJ, I was, I mean, I felt that. Me too. I know. Yeah. I know. I you mean, know what else I'm disappointed about? Me? I am disappointed about Jason Moma and Lisa Benet and they are quote unquote parting ways in marriage after 16 years of being together. They have two children together, 13 and 14, and they have decided to call it quits. And I'm going to just use some quotes here. They saw that they, quote, felt the squeeze of these transformational times and are, quote, feeling and growing from the se- seismic shifts occurring. 
Did they go get that their palms red or something? And someone said, Hey, this isn't you. And they're like, yeah, okay. Book it. This is it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I, I feel it's a little it, but here's where I'm like, it's kind of two camps, like 16 years together. You, you either, again, when you're, when you enter into a relationship with somebody and you have a commitment, you're either growing together or at some point you start growing apart. Right. And it, from the way that, you know, these articles kind of read is that they learned a lot during, you know, the COVID and the pandemic. And it was just starting to, I think they were becoming, they were leaning into more of the person that they want to be. And I think that might've been a shift for both of them. And again, it doesn't say who decided, or if there was mutual, um, it, it, it reads as if, if it's mutual, but I don't know if it was one person who was like, you know what? I'm just really not in that camp. And I don't know that I can get my head around that. And that maybe this is, uh, you know, I feel a little bit more in line with this position than I do with this position. So I think, you know, it's, it's definitely something that I'm interested in watching, watching, watching more about and learning more about. Um, I mean, I loved him in Game of Thrones. He's one of my favorite characters. He's, By far. you know, mm-hmm. such a, a great actor and everything that he's ever been in. I've really enjoyed watching him, you know, being that I think he makes the best memes like the ones that I see of him on the red carpet and he's like trying to come after Paul Rudd like that one works for so many things and I love it and I mean I loved Lisa Bonet I mean she was phenomenal on the Cosby show and when she went off to college and you know taught us how to go to school in a different world I was like oh, this is great this world oh my god I, love I loved those shows it was so good and I mean she really was part of my you know of my childhood and my growing up like she's a character that I just always loved watching when she was on TV. Um, And even now as, you know, as an adult, like watching her in her adult career that she's been an actress and, you know, she's been an advocate for so many things. So, I mean, it's a relationship that I'm sad to see go, but also I like both of them independently. So I obviously want them to be happy in whatever direction they're, you know, rolling in these days. But I was like, man, I'm going to need more about this split. Me too. Gonna need more. A little bit more. I, I, I don't have enough. And um, not that you owe me anything. I just, true, I need, true, true. Mm-hmm. I need more. I, I just, uh, the, the wording is interesting, but I'm not surprised by the wording. I mean, if I were in Hollywood, I would be as vague as, uh, so you do you boo. And I get, I get it, but there is something about like how woo woo they said it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay. So tell me where are we like Matthew McConaughey, you're writing a memoir during COVID or are you like Elliot page that we're taking a shift turn? Like, I just like, can you just, can you just, yeah, where is it going? right. Well, the, the parting ways in marriage has given me that very like conscious uncoupling vibe that, you know, um, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris gave us years ago. So I'm like, hmm, what's, uh, what do you guys, what's going on over there? Yeah. That was just last night, by the way, guys, that, yeah, that one got, that, that one got that delivered one to us. Express. We always love a good Wednesday night. Um, you know, sprinkle and we also got another nugget last night you want to touch on a positive side we get one couple breaking up but we have one couple you know tying the knot what's what's going on Britt my favorite weird ass couple MGK (laughs) Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are engaged and listen I did not see this one coming I thought they were the ones that wouldn't do something so like I guess ceremonial and something so traditional, traditional as a yeah. great word for it. I was going to look for something else. Um, but I, got, I wrote down a timeline of their relationship because I thought Ooh. this was very interesting. I love a timeline. <laughs> we do Because sometimes you forget because you're like, when did they get together and who was mad at them and what, what happened? Yeah. And it's a little quick one. So they met in 2020 
when Megan Fox was asked to film an indie um, little shot that was later canceled with Machine Gun Kelly, they had one scene together. And the only reason that MGK decided to do it is because he'd be shooting a scene with uh, Megan Fox. And he was like, yes, please. Like, wouldn't we all? I would say that. I mean, Absolutely. like, seriously, like, I look at her, I'm like, damn, I'd hit that. Um, so, so, and then Megan had recently been on a break from Brian Austin Green, which like we all know that she did, they dated for years. And um, so they'd separate in 2000 and December of 2019. So there was no, it was, there was no crossover. She said that she, it, it was completely over by that time. And um, by May of 2020, MGK released a video featuring Megan Fox. And then later they confirmed they were dating um, in June of 2020 when they were, they were reportedly kissing and holding hands. And then since then, since that moment, the internet has exploded with them. Well, I mean, they have everywhere. given us, yeah, a very public glimpse into, I don't even say glimpse. We've gotten a front row seat in a very public display of dating affection between <laughs> Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, they, they turn up doing some of like the most, um, you know, what, I don't know. What's the opposite of subtle, like risque? risque sure yeah I mean that that fits too I mean it just the most you know outlandish displays of affection and I'm like okay okay so I'm not at all uh, yeah I am too but I'm not at all like it doesn't shock me um when you're gonna read here a second Brittany's gonna you know tell us what happened when when he asked her to marry him and what the uh, response was and what happened after so Britt why don't you uh tell us what what did they do Okay, so Megan Fox said in her Instagram caption last night, in July of 2020, we sat under this banyan tree. We asked for magic. We were were oblivious to the pain we would face together in such a short, frantic time period. Unaware of of the work and sacrifices the relationship would require from us, but intoxicated off the love and the karma. Somehow, a year and a half later, we walked through hell together, and having laughed more than I ever imagined possible, he asked me to marry him. And just as in every lifetime before this one, as in every lifetime that will follow it, I said yes. And then we drank each other's blood. I mean, like, did you have to go the last one? <laughs> Again, not shocked. Not that shocked. is how they chose to seal their love commitment towards each other. Here's what happened. They pricked a finger like in my girl. They put it in some wine and that's what happened. Did they drop it in wine? Because I wouldn't be surprised if both of them like sucked each other's finger and just like, you know. I mean, maybe that too. But like, I don't think it was like an IV, like a shot glass. Like, no, that's not what happened. So that's, that's my take. That's my hot take. I have no information on this or whatever, but that's what I would, if it were me and I was going to drink someone's blood, I would definitely just tap a finger and put it in some wine. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rosé. <laughs> it's a rosé. <laughs> that's what I would do. Okay. All right. And that's what I feel like they did. Because if I would do it, of course, NGK would do it. But I think this is great. I um, I sent Shannon a video. I think it was a few days ago. Who It, it could have been three weeks it ago. It was last week, but yeah. But I recently just kind of, my my heart grew two sizes just for MGK with um with the Drew Barrymore interview 
Um, I will definitely link it. It's a long interview. This is the uncut version of the Drew Barrymore interview. Um, it's about 25 minutes long. I think it's 24, just to be exact. I only know that because I was watching it while my daughter was at horse riding lessons. And I was like, I've got an hour. This will take up 24 minutes of it. This is great. It's great because you really get insight of how he deals with a lot of his mental issues. Um, I think Drew Barrymore and the audience contribute to such an amazing moment for them. And um, you can kind of see that he struggled internally about how to float in and out of the interview with, should I dive more deeper into this? But you kind of got also like a little insight about how close him and Megan are. And I thought that was just a beautiful thing because it's like they, they do have this great foundation and I hope it, I hope it just grows even more from there. I do too. I really do like them as a couple. I do think that there's, I don't know that I would at this point be able to see either of them with anybody else. I feel like this is who completes, you know, each of them. So I find that to, I love that they are, you know, going to be together in whatever they consider forever this lifetime. And I guess all the other ones that come with it from, from what they say, which is great. Very connected. Um, Yeah, they really do. Just like by nails. Yeah. And I do think that the, in that interview, a couple of things really struck me in that interview. And I liked it. In fact, um, my quote of the week actually came from that interview. I won't spoil it for you guys, but once we post it, it makes a great quote. So I will post that, um, after this goes public, but, um, in the interview, he really does a great job of showing his vulnerability, but also being really honest. And I think not just being honest with like what you're, comfortable seeing people being honest about, but like what he is truly honest about, I think a lot of us could take a lot of advice from him on that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a, he, he talks a little bit or uh, about, you know, I'm not in a good mood. I didn't really want to be here. I didn't want to be doing this because I don't want to be lying to you about, I'm not happy right now. And I don't want to come out here and make it look like I'm happy. And I just want it to be okay that I'm not happy. And I think it, it really sets the tone for the entire interview. And I love how Drew Mary really just leans into that. And it's like, okay, I'm here for you. And like, I love that you just told me that. And I think that that just from that moment on, I was definitely listening with a, a different ear for him. And I, I love it. So I hope that, I mean, again, uh, we'll post it in the show notes, press play on it. It's worth the listen. It really uh, is. He's, I like this guy. I like him a lot, actually. <laughs> never listened to more than two MGK songs, which I, you know, that's probably, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in that camp. It did make you kind of have this a little bit more of an affinity for basically how he has put himself out there and him as a father. I thought this was a really cool. And so, and the fact that, um, he's allowed Megan to be a part of his life and his daughter's life, which he, he, he protects. So Mm -hmm. I think that that it's really interesting, please check it out. And, um, I have, I have even checked out his nail polish line. I think it's kind of cool. I might, I might order some, I mean, who knows, but it's kind of neat. I mean, honestly, his nail art is banging. So he does a great job. Congrats. Congrats. Let's hope the best. Um, and, And that little baby will be the hottest weirdest baby I've ever seen in my life and I love it <laughs> like that's can, can we just wish that on the world <laughs> all right so we're gonna switch this is not like a hot topic but this is something we've been wanting to talk about for a little bit so the sex in the city reboot and just like that yes that's what, so it's not called sex in the city but it's like sex in the city I don't know. it's based upon the characters it's got the same characters uh most of not all but most of, and if you remember in the original series, Carrie would usually end every episode at her computer. And there was, we, there were many times that she would say, and just like that, 
I have blah, 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 filled in the blank of whatever she's going through that week. And I actually, I really love that that is what they used for the title of this. I think that, you know, it's clever, but I'm also a fan of the show. I know it's come under scrutiny. I know a lot of people are like, one, they don't love that not all four characters are in it. So Samantha is not in this series. And I think, I thought they did a great job of creating this show to give her a way to, you know, they didn't bash her. They didn't say, they weren't talking shit about her. You know, they just gave her a very realistic story of why she's not in the show. And I think it really kind of depicts of having a friendship breakup when you're an adult, which is something I feel like we've all gone through. So I thought that they, they handled that with a lot of grace and I loved it. And if you, if you're not, you were like, well, why didn't, you know, Kim Cattrall come back? Well, Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker are not friends. They're not friends outside. They are coworkers. They could work together on set, but they did not enjoy each other's company very much at all um, in the Sex in the City in the series and in the movies. So it was, I mean, and Kim Cattrall, so she was like, I'll never come back and do the show. And even though majority of the characters wanted her to come back, she was like, absolutely not. I'm not interested. So they had to figure out like, how are we going to do this show without Samantha? Because again, she was an iconic role in the first series. So how are they going to, you know, create this masterpiece, so to speak, without her? So Britt, why don't you share with everybody who hasn't watched the show? How did they handle the Samantha of it all? Well, I agree with you, by the way, just to touch on that. I think that they did a fantastic job. I think there's no, even if you throw out all the ideas, about what they could have said, because she didn't want to be on screen. She didn't want to be filmed. So what are you going to say that she died? I think that's way worse than what they did. So I think that this is probably the best lean in that they did to it. Um, but no, no one's really happy about it. They think that they really targeted Samantha. I read a lot of tweets that they said, that they think that they, they made her the villain, that they did her wrong, that there was a lot of blame ensued, that they didn't give Samantha Kim Cattrall a voice. Um, so in my mind, I don't agree. Um, I don't know if Kim, I have not read anything. Now, I did a little bit of searching on podcasts. Kim Cattrall has not gone on any kind of podcast to say anything about it. I don't think that she will. And if you do recall, um, even when Kim Cattrall's brother died and Sarah Jessica commented on that to Kim Cattrall, I think either through Twitter or a comment on a post, she said, don't ever speak about my brother. Like, so there was some bad blood. So enough for someone to even say publicly, like, this is, I don't even want you to comment on this. Right. So there's enough there that even there was just no good way to come back. And unfortunately, like this was the best way to do it. So that's just what I, I mostly found online. Um, but I agree with you. I think that it was an honest account. Um, and even when, and not to spoiler, uh, spoiler alert, um, is the future, like a, a few episodes in when Carrie kind of makes a blunder on a podcast and brings up an old story and then says, and when Charlotte comes to her and says, you know, Hey, you should probably check with Samantha. And she does like, so it's like, and then they kind of have a, a, a back and forth a text banter. So you never actually hear Kim Cattrall. No. It's all via text. So you're reading her responses. Um, and they did, I see that alone to me, I still kind of felt like they left her in some kind of good grace. And I think that that was what Carrie would, or Carrie, Sarah Jessica Parker wanted. Like, she's like, I'm not going to paint you in a bad light. I'm not going to do that. Like it is what it is. And we can part ways. You well, can be mad at me, but I'm not going to do that. Let's be honest. Kim Cattrall does not own the character Samantha. Yeah. 
So they, That's a good they point. can do with her whatever they want. She does not own that character. So if they, they could have had, they could have done this whatever way they saw fit. And I'm glad that yeah. they chose this, this way to do it, but you know, it, listen, if you don't, want to come on the show that's fine but you can't tell us how you how you want this character to be portrayed when you've chosen not to be here that's a great point i mean for all you know for all they know like they could have made her an alien with spaghetti coming out of her head and that would have been okay because that's it's it's their creative role (laughs) so or cast a different samantha that would have been even more awkward so it's it's just like what what would you have wanted Mm -hmm. that's the only thing i i think they did but again i think they did a great job i supported it i think i i saw even when my friendships have ended i think that it's it is that kind of like unspoken truth like you move on you serve that time it is still it still hurts, but life goes on. And, and I think all of those things were touched upon, but one thing that was not touched upon was the dramatic, um, exit of Chris Noth of, from the, from the series. And I thought it was Noth. Is it North? His name is North. Mm -hmm. Oh, damn it. I messed up every day. (laughs) God damn it. Okay. Well, anyways, that guy, (laughs) <laughs> that famously played Mr. Big and okay, guys, if spoiler, like he's, Oh, you know what? I am. I am incorrect. It is not. I thought it was oh, it this whole time. Hmm. Nope. N O T H. I'm sorry. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> it looks like North. Like I wanted to add R and get over with, for sure, that's but no worries that he's, pre- he's probably canceled for life because, um, he has been, he has been accused of sexual assault by four women. These connect, these accounts sound very, very raw and vivid. I am not going to speak about them, but I will provide a link in the show notes guys. Um, I, I can't say I'm not a jury. I can't say that I did it or not. All I know that these accounts are very vivid and there is data backing them up. So yeah. And if you, if you haven't watched the show, there is a very specific, um, he's in the first episode and there's a, you know, it's very much pivotal around him in the very first episode. Um, and there's a lot of things that came after that episode that were in direct relation to this first episode. And then we get the news that, um, the sexual, um, misconduct and allegations come forward from multiple victims. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it is radio silent. Like no one's willing to work with him. Mm-hmm. Pet ties. I mean, it is, you know, it's done so from here. So again, you know, I, I haven't read much about the allegations. I'm actually looking forward to clicking on the link that you will yeah. um, you, you'll share with that, but you know, definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. It was um, it's, they are shocking. Um, they are pretty vivid. The names have been changed for privacy reasons. But the, I guess they're looking into him a little bit deeper. I don't know if he's going to be formally charged, but it looks like to me that people are stepping forward saying like, yes, and validating all these stories, um, not stories, these accounts and um, I guess alleged accounts, alleged, Um, but to me, um, they're, these are, they have some validity. So um, I'm sure that he is forever canceled. And as of right now, as of this morning, he has been taken out of the final episode of sex in the city, the finale or the, uh, just like that. So he was supposed to make an appearance in the final episode in some way. And he has been written out. Well, as they should. 
And yeah. just like that, it's time for him to go. And just like that. So <laughs> like they keep on pivoting. Right. <laughs> pivot, pivot, pivot. You got to keep pivoting. Yeah. Because there's uh, some other pivots they had to do, right? They've had to do some other pivots. So let's touch on. So in, so as we know, Sex and City was released in the 90s and early 2000s. And now we live in a different time. 2022, we, we have a far different scope than what we had back in the nineties and early two thousands and sex and city came under great criticism for being extremely whitewashed, only having a primarily white cast. If they did have people of color, they were just written in a couple of episodes here and there. And they were usually like a sidekick, a funny friend, or basically like a dating that never lasted. So I think in preparation to kind of right those wrongs, they have written in a more diverse cast um, but it's, it's, it's fallen some heavy criticism. The two heaviest, I think, critiques of it all have been how um, the Diwali and Indian um, holiday holiday has been portrayed. Um, I'm not well versed in it, but as I've read that they did not do it correctly. Um, Carrie was not wearing a proper sorry. Um, so, mm-hmm. I, w- I just want to speak on that. Um, the what people are upset with about this is like in the episode um carrie does have an indian friend who is her she is her real estate agent and they've become friend and they're really fostering this friendship so the character invites carrie to come to her home or her parents home for a dolly celebration and it is you know um you know carrie is taken to a what's supposed to be a sorry shop to to pick out you know something ceremonial to wear for this occasion, sorry, Georgie, <laughs> you're always going to hear. Um, and what is kind of getting people upset about this is that they're like, listen, you really did have an opportunity to talk and educate about the Indian culture. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the garments that you're seeing in the shop are lahengas. And I had to figure out like, you know, what are, what's the difference between a lahenga and a sari? Um, and that saris are unstitched whereas lehengas are stitched garments and lehengas are from north india and they are three-piece attire with a lower skirt a chali and a dupata and saris are a draped or draped over the entire body freely so what you're seeing carry in is more um, of a lehanga and that's not it's called a sari and the the reasoning behind that is like well we don't want to give too much you know information we don't want to overload like it's gonna the bombard the, the situation, like bombard. The situ- right. First of all, I find that to be a little offensive in my, I'm like, I can handle it. Like you don't I have know. to tell me how much Indian culture I can handle. I can handle learning more about it, especially when you right. have the ability. Like, I do think that they missed the opportunity to educate and be like, Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. If this is something you want to talk, you bring into the show as, you know, write it in as part of the script and, and part of the piece of this show, then use it as the opportunity to teach us what this is about. Absolutely. Like, um, <laughs> The only, because I don't, I, I've never been to a Diwali celebration of any kind, but I think like, all I know is from the office and what I read yesterday was that, that, that portrayal of Diwali, like that's the one that's gotten it right year after year after year, because it continues to not kind of, um, hold anyone's hand through it. And it kind of does it in a messy way. And that's what people kind of wanted. Like, we don't need to have like in reading the critiques, of course, I'm not, I mean, I can only have a very limited scope, but it was basically saying like how Carrie's hand had to be held through this. And that's not the role that we need to play anymore. 
And I'm, quite frankly, I agree with your critique. I was like, I didn't need to be like, don't hold my hand. I, I can look it up for myself or let, yeah, let me decide what kind of, like, I can, I can take all this information in, like, give it to me. Like, I like learning about this kind of stuff, but don't assume that the public doesn't want to hear it. That's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where they definitely, that's part of where they missed the mark on this. They did miss the mark a little bit. Um, again, like we can only speak to a little bit of this because we don't, we're only one community, but one thing I, I mean, I did like a little bit more of the diverse cast. I, I appreciate it. I love that they have, um, made them really like intrinsic to the part of the story. Like without them, the story falls apart. They have, um, on screen time, even without any of the main cast around, mm-hmm. I thought that was a great call. Um, but again, a lot of it's coming under scrutiny, like the, the writing is terrible that, that it seems really forced, um, especially for the non-binary community. They feel like Shay does not, rep- is it Shay or Shay on this show? Is it Shay? I think it's Shay. I think it's Shay. It's C-H-E on, but, um, I'm not really sure how, I thought it was, I thought it was Shay. <laughs> they, maybe well, it's her pronoun. Her pronoun is yeah, her pronouns they, but I did, I'm I'm butchering that. But like Shay, it's C H E on the show. But she does a poor job of representing like the non-binary community, and um, so again, like it's just it's just kind of what you lean into. I I do think um, it's an interesting show. It it kind of offers what I like about Sex in the City. It offers a different take of as these people have gotten older, like Carrie having hip surgery. Um, Charlotte de- dealing with preteens and teenagers, um, Miranda questioning her sexuality as well as having marital issues and alcoholism. Like that's, that's a doozies to deal with. So that's just um, my they, take. They definitely are giving us, you know, back in the late twenties, early thirties age group. And when the show started, you know, following these characters, their, their lifestyles were different. They were having a lot of sex in the city. They were drinking all the time. They were going out, they were exploring their twenties and thirties. And as you watch them grow, I mean, yeah, I don't want them to be doing the same shit they were doing in their twenties and thirties in their fifties. Like that's not a, you know, like I, I want to see more relatable things of like, okay, well, when you get to this age, like, what do you mean your body's not falling apart? You mean you're telling you've been walking around New York city this whole time. You don't have one hip problem. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. I mean, you were in heels every day in your life. You wore heels after your hip surgery, Carrie. Come on. <laughs> like, no, no, right. I was like, ooh. ooh. Come it, on. I mean, it deals with real, real issues, I think, that we have dealt with. I think it, it it also addresses others that we dealt with through COVID and all the realizations that we we all went through. Um, I think they fumble up a lot, like how just white women can fumble. I think that they showed that. I think it was kind of interesting. Um, but again, like we're only limited audience. So yeah. yeah. I agree. I mean, I, th- I think they've done a, you know, again, they've introduced a lot of topics. I mean, there's a lot of different conversations going on in every episode and a lot of, you know, yes. again, real life things that people are going through. Um, so it, it has been really interesting to see how they allow each character to explore these different social topics and, you know, life stages that they're going through. I think they've done a good job with the show in the sense of like, the, I thought the writing has been great. I've enjoyed watching these characters. I've enjoyed being uncomfortable with these characters. I mean, there are certain conversations that they've had that I'm like super cringy about. And I'm like, Oh, that's, you can't say that. And then seeing that they've learned to be like, shit, I didn't. Okay. You know what? I was wrong. I didn't know I couldn't say that. And being able to watch them, you know, watch this transformation. And as they learn like, Oh, 
okay. You know, there's a lot that, you know, I think they're all learning. And, you know, again, is it done the best way possible? Probably not. Is it done the way that I, you know, have come to consume Sex and the City? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's, this is how each of these characters would have handled these situations that had been brought against them. So, or not brought against them, that they are now walking into. So, yeah, I I, I agree. I thought that it was just, it, it's entertaining. It, yeah, it is. It does get awkward. I don't think it's winning any kind of awards. I don't think they really did ever win a lot of awards. Um, I think it just fills in like what you want it to. It's, it, I don't try to make six in the city or, and just like that, something that's not. And right. It's always been kind of just a, a little tidbit of a show. I think that, I think sometimes you, you want to make it into something that's, it's not. And I think that they sure. did. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still an unrealistic show. I mean, we, we all knew from day one of watching Carrie live in this, you know, beautiful apartment, like walk up apartment filled with designer clothes on a book writer's salary. Like, come on, that's not realistic. I mean, there's a lot of things. No, a weekly article, a weekly article. Right. It's like, no, you choosing not to pay your rent and that rent of that apartment is way more than the four pairs of Manolo Blahniks that you, you purchased this month. Okay. So totally. like, let's, let's be honest about, you know, we weren't coming to this show for real life interpretation of anything. Before I get to the fashion, cause I know yes. Shannon wants to weigh in on that. I do want to say, um, hats off to, um, what's Charlotte's real name? I always forget her name, her real name. Charlotte. Oh gosh. Not Cynthia Nixon. No. Um, Kristen, Kristen Davis. Davis. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, little, Kristen little. Davis. Yeah. Kristen Davis has, um, a little bit clap back at some of the trolls that I've told that have really come down about her looks. And I say hats off to you, girl, defend, defend, defend. You do what you want to do to your face. I don't care. I think that she has, I mean, whether she's had work done or not, um, it's her business and she seems to be fulfilling a role on this cast and you do you shame on society. I don't like that. Absolutely. We don't comment on people's faces like that. I just feel like, and poor thing. And she, she's been going on, she's been, she's been hit really hard. She went online earlier this week saying that it's been, it's been a big adjustment for her being back in like the spotlight and so many trolls after her about her looks. Well, we think you're absolutely beautiful just as you are. So yes. keep doing you. Shine in that light, Kristen. Shine yeah. that light. Yeah. So I, I know that there's been a lot of criticism about the fashion on this show. And again, I'd like to just go back to our original. Like, what were we expecting? It's Carrie Bradshaw. She's the most iconic, like, piece together things that nobody thought would look together. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. So like, I don't understand where all this like fashion criticism is coming from these characters. I'm like, what were you guys expecting? Charlotte dresses the exact same way she did when we left her. Like it's the same look. I think Cynthia Nixon's character or um, Miranda, like I feel like her style evolution has really evolved over, you know, the, the course of her. She kind of fits the role, her new role. I, yeah. I thought that that was, it was kind of interesting. Like when they were having her picnic and she kind of looks like almost college professory, like, I don't know. I felt like it was, yeah, I felt I like it was kind of accurate role really works. Um, you know, again, I don't, I don't always love everything Carrie well wears, but I love that she has the ability to do it. 
you know, mm-hmm. like she walks into her old um, convenience store in that, you know, tea length tool skirt and like a striped sweater. I was like, you know, and you see like there's a woman who walks in who rolls her eyes and it's like she Carrie's not oblivious to the fact that not everybody gets her style and that's great. But it, Carrie also is like, fuck it. I don't care. Yeah. Don't worry. That's what I'm wearing. Yeah. I have, a five, so, I have a six-year-old like that. I get it. I mean, I am actually, I'm very in, uh, intrigued at the amount of hat work that goes on, on this show. Like the hat girls you know, of- like are, are really, you know, <laughs> like it's like a, a new look every day. I mean, I, I wear a hat three times a year and then the same weekend and that stresses me out. You know what I mean? Like I can't imagine an everyday hat that I have to coordinate with my outfit. Like that would be too much for me. Now, I think some of hers are just fantastic. Others, again, don't love. But I also, like, I don't know what else you expect from Carrie Bradshaw. Like, that's mm-hmm. just her. Yeah, it, it, it's been interesting. I mean, I I haven't loved it. I think that, you know, if you look at the styles coming out of Emily in Paris, like, she's, like, the new Carrie Bradshaw, which is fine. Like, you know, pass the torch. Cool. But, again, like, I think that she's she's trying to touch on a little bit of Carrie Bradshaw, bring back some of the old that you may have seen. Like, and again, the historians that are out there have been like, Oh yeah, that was on episode with this and this on the third season. So she's still like kind of dabbles in that because she's pulling from her old closet, which I kind of like, like, yeah. that's what you're supposed to do. There was a faux pas that happened. Um, if you remember the episode back in sex in the city where Carrie gets robbed at gunpoint and she has that purple sequin bag that she gets robbed and they're like, no, it's a baguette. And he's like, I don't care what it is, lady. Give me your bag. Um, that made an appearance back on this got show. stolen. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I remember telling, I was like, Dan, no, 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 that's the bag. That's the baguette. That's the bag that got stolen. And Dan was like, well, maybe she rebought it. I stole my strappy sandals. <laughs> she was more concerned about the accessories than about her life. Um, but I, I mean, cause I distinctly remember that bag. I was like, it's so cute. And then when it showed back up on the show, I mean, I was like, Dan, no, 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 no. They can't do that. That bag was stolen from Carrie. <laughs> like on you the can street. be a Texas city that. historian. But only with a couple things that I remember that, but I, I just remember that bag really making an impact being like, oh, not the bag. <laughs> I have a question for you. Do you think Aiden will make a reappearance? I don't remember how Aiden left the show. So I can't honestly say that he can, cause I don't remember if he like disappeared. Well, in the last movie they kissed and then she ran off and that's the last thing you saw. Hmm. of John Corbett. Do I think? No, I don't. I think you got to let Carrie have somebody new. I don't think you can bring back. I don't, I think you need to let those past relationships stay in the past and let her like give her permission to move forward, get her out of those. So no, I don't think he's coming. So you don't think that he'll make an appearance. I do not. Do you you know otherwise? anything or no I don't and I've I've, I've wanted to be a uh, spoiler free and I'm I'm the only spoiler that I know is that because I did some uh Chris Noth digging is because he was written out of the last that's the only I don't want to be spoiled I like watching stuff unspoiled um so uh I I hope he does because I want the messiness of it like you know I kind of kind of want like her to like question it like the Natasha when they brought Natasha back I was like oh like I was like on yeah. Pins that was kind of like one. that deflated my balloon. I was like, that's it. But it, it, it gave me those like tings in my belly. I was like, Ooh, what's going on? Yeah. But, um, but no, I kind of, I kind of want him to come back just for the messiness, but I doubt he will. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. 
Yeah, I think I'm just ready to see her with something different. Like, let's just not keep replaying all the things that happened before. I think we can just give her something new. Yeah, no That's reruns. Yeah, no more no reruns. But I want to see, I mean, I want to see how she would handle that as a 50-year-old Carrie <laughs> or 55, however old she is. <laughs> all right well this has been fun all right yeah this is good stuff my great stuff my friend well um zen friends thanks for listening we really appreciate you guys joining us again hopefully we've provoked some thought we've spread some joy you've you know feel free if you want to comment on any of these slide into the dms let us know what you think because we always love hearing what you have to say and we really appreciate you and your support so the best way that you can tell us thank you is by sharing this episode with a friend so comment like subscribe review all the things but sharing with your friends because we love having new new zen friends joining our community so thank you very much and Brittany, what will we do with our friends see you next time there you go (laughs) bye guys thanks for sharing your time with us help keep the czl momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review if you love what you heard in today's episode Snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us.